I remember it well. Done that. Bought the t-shirt. Did you have t-shirts made for your podcast, Kay? I had bags. Oh. You know, for youth leaders to carry around their stuff. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you got that going for you. Advertisement. Did you carry it around yourself? Yeah, maybe. I think. Maybe. A time or two. When we went to Aldi's. <laughs> they, Did you put an S at the end of it? <laughs> no. I, Michelle's no. grandmother used to put... It was Walmarts and, uh-huh. and Targets and Bilo's and... Yep. Yeah, yes. there's an S. Yeah, it's, it's Aldi. Check, check, one, two, is this thing on? Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, and we are uh, thrilled to have you back with us on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. As always, I'm joined by a couple of my friends this uh, this time around. Uh, they've become pretty much regulars on the... Uh, one of y'all should probably take a chance at hosting this thing at some point. Okay, Maybe. I guess I'll keep hosting. We'll see about that. I mean, we could. <laughs> it's an option. It would probably, probably not happen. But... It would probably be much better if you did. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, I used to I used to host a podcast. You did, you did. I've I remember been it there, well. done that. Bought the t-shirt. Did you have t-shirts made for your podcast, Kay? I had bags. Oh, you know, for youth leaders to carry around their stuff. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you got yeah. that going for you. Advertisement. Did you carry it around yourself? Yeah, maybe. I think maybe a time or two. We went to Aldi's. <laughs> they, did you put an S at the end of? <laughs> No, I, Michelle's no. grandmother used oh, to put, it was Walmarts and, uh-huh. and Targets and Bilo's and yep. yeah, yes. there's an S in there. yeah, it's, it's Aldi. Um, Kroger, people do it a and, lot with Kroger. Kroger's here. And Kroger's, should yeah. we start again because we we're walked through. <laughs> and yet another <laughs> record. Yet another record of how quick can we get off the rails. <laughs> so tonight we're going to have a, what's that? Hi, everyone. Yeah, and check. We're back. Uh, on So uh, tonight or today or this morning, I do it every time. So you now know when we're doing this. And once again, we're at night. Once again, we're all praying that Kay can stay awake. Uh, however, on this episode of the podcast, uh, we're going to talk about moving from an idea to reality and what that process looks like. But as always, we want to give you a little insight into our um, who we are and a little about ourselves. And so tonight we thought we'd share our uh, our greatest fear. What's What phobia do you have? Maybe not our greatest fear. That may be a little too deep. That becomes more of a counseling session. <laughs> but, um, but our phobias. And so I'm going to let you uh, ladies introduce yourself and tell us your, um, your phobia. What phobia? What are you afraid of? Laura, you go first. I'm Laura McLean, uh, live in East Tennessee, work uh, in the Holston Conference, the United Methodist Church, um, with youth and young adults and youth leaders. Um, And uh, one of my greatest fears is like, oh, I can't even like talk about it without getting (laughs) mice and rats. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's see. Kay, can you Google what the fear of mice and rats is? Oh, I just Googled my fear. Oh, hold on. I'll Google Laura's. Okay. Um, Yeah. My um my first apartment uh when I graduated college and was living on my own, I discovered that there had been a mouse there. And I called my landlord, who's a member of the church that I was 
serving at that time. And he said, now, Laura, you know, you're not supposed to have pets. And I was like, now, listen, this is not a joking matter. And he said, okay, climb down off the chair. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not joking. This has to be fixed or I'm moving like tonight. This mm. is not, this she is not something we play with. Be the shortest tenured youth pastor ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and I bet there's been some short, I bet there's been yeah. some short ones too. <laughs> By the way, the, the fear of mouse is, is known as musophobia. Well, that's so creative. You have musophobia. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Kay, how about yours? So tell me who you are first. Hey, I'm Kay from Northeast Ohio. Um, rhymes. Hey, I'm Kay. Hey, I'm Kay. That can be my my new greeting. So you're gonna laugh. In fact, I did not. I didn't realize that this was a fear um, for a while, and didn't tell anyone for a long time. So I have megalophobia, which the fear of dinosaurs. No. Of big okay. places? Yes. Big oh. things. Like oh. tall. So wow, the, Laura, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. My Good very like first memory of this fear is when I was really little and we went to Santa Claus, Indiana, which is a real place. And they have a really tall <laughs> Santa, like two stories tall. And my mom wanted me to stand beside it. And I refused. I cried. And my grandma had to stand with me beside it. And it can be something as weird as now I'm, I'm over this a little more, but like if you're sitting in an old theater and the really tall curtains, and if the closer I am, the the scarier that is, or like the Hoover Dam, I hate looking at it. Um, so it's not necessarily big buildings. It's just like it's tall not buildings. stuff. Big anything. It's stuff. Yeah. So it's but, different. Okay, so it's different s- than being afraid of heights. Yes. Correct. Huh. So like looking being in the at- city and skyscrapers. Does that not skyscrapers. Buildings okay. do not scare me. Okay. But hmm. statues. Um, yeah. It's it's so weird. So the Statue of Liberty K's out. Well, I mean, I could go up it. And I could look out. Uh, well, but if you're we standing went, next, oh, to you it. weren't there. We went to um, Missouri huh. for the National Youth Workers thing, and I went all the way up into the arch. Arch, but it's if looking- you're staying at the bottom of it. So that I can remember good. going to D.C. and putting my feet at the base of the Washington Monument and looking up at it. You're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, I can now because I've pushed myself. You know, uh, it's just this weird feeling. Huh. It's really interesting. I've never heard of anyone I know, else right? that fear. Yeah. So I had to Google mine too, but I have chiro- chiroptophobia. And it's a not the fear of a chiro- not the fear of chiropractor. <laughs> no, it's, no, You're it's actually the, the fear of bats. Oh, and so, okay. And so I'm not, yeah, B-A-T-S, not like, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. And so I didn't what, know. So in a I, bat. I didn't understand. Well, so like I don't like I think you know how when you go at least in the South, now I don't know if they have if these happens in the in the in the great wide Midwest, okay, but we have bats. Yeah, okay. In the South you go outside at night sometimes and or right right as it gets dark mm-hmm. and bats are sweeping around the chimneys and all this kind of thing. And I didn't I mean, I've never really like I've always kind of been leery of them. 
And but I really found this fear out when Michelle and I lived in the first house we bought, and we'd been there for I don't know a few years, and. <laughs> I've forgotten how it happened now. You can't even talk about it. Can't. I well, I'm trying to remember how this happened. But, I, but Michelle says, I think there's a bird in our house. Oh, Lordy. And I'm like, huh? And so I walk into the living room um, and 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 I didn't see anything. And so I was like, yeah, it must have got away. Or I, I think you're seeing things. You know, I thought she was going crazy. And then... I walked back into the living room and I saw something fly. I went, oh, what in the world? And I looked and it's a bat. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, a bird gets in your house. And that happened in our house too. It's like the, we live like in the, in the animal kingdom at our, at our alpha house. <laughs> it feels like the way it sounds. So, so <laughs> on, we had this like crown molding around the corner of our ceiling and our wall. And we had, I saw it fly into the kitchen, into the other, into the, into the playroom, which was our, used, used to be a garage. And so I kind of, <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm, by this time, <laughs> Michelle has shut every door leading back to the mm-hmm. back of the house. So we know it's got to be in the living room, kitchen or playroom. And she's, she even put towels under the door. She was that scared of getting out into the, the bedrooms. Yeah, that was smart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. She's smart like that. Trapping you in there with us. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm going to be the man. She actually called <laughs> So Michelle gets on the, she calls DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, <laughs> and asks if they've got somebody to come get a bat out of a house. Like, uh, ma'am, we don't do that. And <laughs> well, so the only the only bad thing about that is it meant it was up to me. Mm-hmm. And so after, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Because I'm, I mean, I'm not going to grab it, and I can't swat it because it might come and attack me. I'm, I'm having this. You know, fear like I'm seeing like some of the Alfred Hitchcock it's a movie. Vampire bat, yeah, right. It's gonna suck the blood really? out. They want to die, you know. Yeah, and so, give me rabies for sure. So it's stuck up there, stuck up there. And so I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? And so I'm trying. Okay, if I could get it down and into something, so I go to my storage building, and, and I get a tennis racket and a sand pail from the, my girls had sand <laughs> toys on the beach. I'm like, if I could knock it in this and then put the tennis racket on top of the bucket fast mm-hmm. enough. It won't fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but, but if you could have seen me like <laughs> creeping towards it, and I was like, it's, "Please don't fly! Please, God, don't fly!" <laughs> just don't you move. know, just don't move. I was scared to death. So I finally knocked it down into the thing, put the thing on, and it's you're going. I'm like, oh God, he was mad. And oh, so then yeah. I'm like, okay, now I've got this thing. What do I do now? So I got in the middle of my yard. Uh, there was an, and I put it on this platform we had out there that used to be around a pool that we tore down in the house but the platform was still there i set the bucket and i held the tennis right like this and i literally had the door wide open and i took the tennis bucket off and went running as fast as i could back in the house <laughs> praying that it didn't catch me it never caught me but uh i almost had to check my man card at the door that night because i was a little scared of did you bat. ever have any other ones any other bats no we had several birds because typically I, um, yeah, you, once you have that one, mm-hmm. that they're like because it gets they get in colonizing. the colonizing, yes, yeah, of your house. That is yeah. some uh, yeah, nightmare so that, material that's, right there. That's, I have a funny story about a s- couple squirrels in our house that I'll save for another time. But 
Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. That'd be our next cold open. Now I've used mine all up already. I got to come up with something else weird that got in my house. <laughs> yeah, that could be our stories. So yeah. that has absolutely nothing to do with um, our topic tonight, but uh, we decided we, we talked um, in our in our last podcast, uh, kind of connected. We talked about dreaming dreams in ministry and, and, and how you... Uh, just the 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 value in thinking outside the box and and having outlandish dreams and then and that kind of stuff and how that's important in ministry tonight we're kind of follow up with that to kind of talk about how do you take an idea and go from concept to reality now I'm not much of a car guy but I used to see these when I was growing up and I had buddies who were much and much more into cars than I was, but and they would always have these pictures at these auto shows of the the concept car from mm-hmm. you know the new Corvette or the new Camaro or the new whatever you name it. And it was always interesting to me because you never really saw cars like that. Even if I think you, if you went now, I guess now if you went now at the cars today versus those concept cars back in the nineties and two thousands, you might see some similarities. But um, we're going to talk about in ministry. How do you go from an idea or a concept to reality. What does that process look like? So, um, what what do you guys think? What, what would you say is kind of in your mind the the first step of taking a a, a really creative or out of the box idea and, and moving it to reality? Where does that Where does that start for you guys? I mean, for me, it always started in. Um... So I would blame the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you could call it prayer, but it's also like just daydreaming or, you know, thinking. Um, And it could come from a totally different conversation where an idea could be born. And so I would always just kind of massage that in my head for a while. Some people probably would write things down, but for me, it's just all about it's just I'm, I'm, imagining, I'm imagining Kay walking around with yes. both hands yeah. on her head, just kind of just, massaging it. Just and rolling massage around the, up there. massage the temples, the back of the neck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All, All of the above. The above. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but just kind of thinking through um, for myself, you know, getting an yep. idea going. Yep. Um, so that for me, that's how it would all start, you know, cool. is just taking some time to think and pray through something yep. to see whether or not it's something I even want to verbalize, right, to someone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Great. How about you, Laura? I'm, I'm similar uh, in that that's how that starts, but I moved pretty quickly into verbalizing and talking it through with other yep. like-minded ministry mm-hmm you know, kinds of folks who would um, kind of understand that. I've got one friend in particular that's just really good for bouncing ideas off of and um, coming up with more than even I had thought of in the the first place. So um, yeah, so I'm pretty quickly. That's that's surprising because you're you're pretty introverted, right? And I thought I was going to be the one who was going to say that because as an extrovert, I I am very much a collaborator. Matter of Mm -hmm. fact, the the moment I have for me, it's like even before it really is something I've thought through, I, I'm more apt to call somebody and say, I just had this thought, you mm-hmm. know, because what happens for me is once I'm in a room with someone else or other people. Now, obviously, these are people that I trust that, that aren't going to say, 
you're an idiot or they're not going to take the idea and steal it and make it their own, you know, but have this idea. It's like, because what I found for me is when I begin to just throw it out there and even if they just, they give very little input or feedback as they are affirming that even um, I develop it. I, I, I develop it by, I, I, can develop it best by collaborating around it. And when they say something back, even if they say that's a dumb idea and here's why I'll say, but what if I did this to it or we did that? Right. And so you, well, it's just you perfecting think, it thing too. It's just yeah. hearing it out loud, right? It's just yeah, being probably a, I mean, verbalizing it. Out and, I'm loud, not much think, for, and I'm not much for standing in front of a mirror and talking to myself. So yeah. that's the other option. Gosh, I guess. It, people like me. I know I'm good enough and smart now enough. you is smart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stuart Smalley. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really good stuff. That's, but a, that's, wow, that's, that's a very dated SNL. If you know Stuart yeah, Smalley, you're at least 30 years old. So mm-hmm. uh, you're going to say something, Kay. That's why enough. what? It's so okay, important to have point. a good team to build a good team around. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, definitely that, you know, um, that's, Every time I, you know, had a team um, that we would meet monthly and that's exactly what I would do is, hey, I've been thinking about this crazy idea. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even for instance, I'll give an example. Even during COVID, I started thinking about um, putting together a um, youth ministry team kind of like a board but at the conference level because we didn't have all represent everyone represented at the table for all the different ministry areas like from camps to campus ministry they didn't all talk at the same time so i started like going to those people and saying what would it look like if and getting their feedback and um and so yeah just kind of throwing out those little um tidbits and then yep. seeing what kind of feedback you get. So, yeah. So once you get to that point where you feel like, okay, this is, this is an idea that's not just harebrained and, and, and mm-hmm. well, maybe even harebrained, but it's that it's actually maybe something that would be beneficial. What, what is it? What is, how do you, how do you start that process of moving it from just an idea? Because I, I think in, so I do in my role, I didn't, I didn't, so I didn't say this, but I'm I'm Chris Lynch, by the way, from South Carolina. And and so my role is South Carolina. I do a lot of work with churches. And I have often said with churches that churches are often really good at planning, but they don't really do the they don't really implement well. We have like we have lots execute. of really good ideas. Execute, mm-hmm. implement, execute is pretty harsh, but you know. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, but we tended to make we had we tend to have these good ideas. Oh, it'd be awesome if we could do that here. But then nobody really talks about the how do we do it. So mm-hmm. how, how do you, what's been your experience about how you've moved, you know, from idea to uh, a plan? So I'm a pretty practical thinker um, and I like to have a plan. And so for me, it is getting those like the have tos, the steps that need to be checked off, the people that I need to include on this to get that down on paper so that I can really look at it and um, make sense of it. I I interned when I was in college with um, a youth minister who was brilliant 
at the big picture. And his name was Chris big, Lynch. No, I'm just his kidding. name was Chris Lynch. Um, <laughs> and and he I've been, had, I've been called a lot of things in my life. Brilliant. Not very well, often. It's not one of them. <laughs> um, but he, I mean, he did that so well. And he would have all these ideas, but he would never think through the small details. Yep. And so there was, there was another person on staff <laughs> in the youth ministry there. And she would say, yes, that is fantastic. And he, he would say, we're going to pray about it. God's going to handle it. I know this. And I can clearly remember one time her saying, God is not going to come down here and drive a van for us. We have to have the people to do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is so true. And so um, that kind of encapsulates the way that I work. Um, so yeah. I love that collaboration so that there can be the big dreaming, but also those steps um, to think through it. Because if you just launch it without really thinking through and making a plan, it's going to, most of the time, it's not going to work. Yeah, no, that's good. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I would agree, Laura, that you need like the steps or the goals or the checkpoints. And yeah, I also... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like let's evaluate this in a month. That's, or, that's, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. Okay. Checkpoints is brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> um, now I've been called br- brilliant. That's right. Yes, you have. Congratulations. Thanks. Write that down. Um, I how would add that? to, how about that? Um, uh, I would add that I think it's important. Important, like I was saying, how I would go and talk to all the um, what do you call the important people, play, stakeholders. stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How about talk- some collective collective help there? Yes. Oh man. There we go. Phone a friend. Stakeholders or um, even your youth and kind of brainstorm. Like, here's this idea. You know, what do you think? How would you? What? Because for me, the best, the things that have been the most successful. I probably started as my idea because, right, we live, breathe, sleep, the ministry. But when you throw it out there, I love the meeting where you leave and the youth or your leadership team or whatever leave there thinking it was their idea mm-hmm. because then you have the buy-in and then um, you they're going to talk about it or talk, talk it up or spend the time doing what you need them to do. But um somehow creatively um, making your idea the teams, you know, um, however you can do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, for me, it's very, I'm, I'm over a white, a whiteboard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I love a, I love a whiteboard. I don't have one usually now anymore. But you have I whole to, walls. Have you been in offices where it's a whole wall of whiteboard? So at Spartanburg, Meth- at Spartanburg Methodist College, uh, which is a Methodist college here in South Carolina. In Spartanburg? They, it's in Spartanburg. Sorry. It's weird how they, <laughs> it's really funny. I do really that? clever you know, in naming if, that one. Oh, you, know, you know, we try. We're really creative. It's like we started to name, we started to name <laughs> it Greenville Methodist College and have it Spartanburg, but it's kind of weird. Um, but they redid like a, a student study center, like it was like a, a place for a collective place for groups to study. And they literally had 12 foot wide. You couldn't reach most of the wall, but all there were three walls that place that, and they were all from top to bottom. They were whiteboard. So cool. Um, and, and part of that became a graffiti wall, but part of what you see where students were actually doing work. And, I, and that's kind of where I work best. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that Laura touched on was it, it's, is, is thinking through 
what resources is it going to take? And I think we talk, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first things when we all, when we say resources in the church, we always think about money. Right. But, you know, you yeah. also mentioned the uh, some other, you know, the human resources of who mm-hmm. is going to drive a van if we need a van. So it's thinking through and breaking it down step by step and kind of, if this is the end goal, work, work, work backwards and say, okay, what's yeah. it going to take for that to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need? If, if, and, and, and that becomes kind of the, the, um, where, where the rubber meets the road, because sometimes you get these ideas, you think, but it's all, you think you get these ideas and you think, um, well, we don't have the right enough people. We don't have enough space money. or we don't have the well money money is always the easy one nobody ever has enough money and, but but that also when you don't I have enough you know I'm, I'm getting to when when you the i have said before or heard it said probably probably wasn't me i'm not very brilliant but i've heard it said that scarcity creates or, or scarcity demands creativity yeah. and so when you don't have the enough enough people or the right space or enough money, then you have to get mm-hmm. creative and say, okay, how can we make this con- how can we make this idea a reality based on the limitations we do have? And so I think that's important to remember is I think sometimes it's, it, it we we uh we, we suffer from what I've we, we've often called the paralysis of analysis when we start anal- analyzing things and realize we don't have every resource we need, we throw out the idea and we miss that an opportunity to get really creative with it. So I think that's pretty important. Or we miss the opportunity of um, selling the idea to others. You know what I mean? If yeah. you if you need resources and you're excited about something, then you should know who you can go to in your church to ask right. and to um, get them on board, which really becomes a bigger blessing in the end. Yeah. yeah. And so then it's just a piece, you know, really it becomes a matter of, and how you do this is probably, unless you'll have some, is going to vary from person to person, but it is then mm-hmm. just thinking through how do we get the reason, you know, once we've identified the resources, how do we access those resources? Like you're talking about, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, where do we start? You know, it's thinking I've often heard pastors talk about the, the two most important parts of a sermon are the beginning and the end it is that how do you start well and how do you end well? Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're off to a good start, so you're thinking about a concept or an idea and you want to start it, you want to launch it, what's that launch look like? And what's going to make that, what's going to be that, um, I don't know, the the grab, you know, the, 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 the hook, I guess, at the beginning, that's going to make people think, be interested in it and be fun. And then also, how are you going to end it? That first meeting or that first whatever, but also what, what is it, you know, how's it going to, I think the, the follow-up question to that is that how do you sustain, is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it going to be a one-time shot? So thinking through those things can sometimes uh, be a challenge for folks um, as well. What about what? What are some? I don't. Maybe I don't. I use the word pitfalls all the time, but like, what are some? Or maybe what are the? What are some traits that it takes as a leader to to when you have an idea? As you, what, what are some things that are important to remember, or or some traits or characteristics or things that are important for you to possess as a leader, as you're walking through this? I'll give you the example I, I thought of to kind of help you, what, so you understand what I'm asking. Because earlier somebody was talking about um, 
sharing the idea and and okay was talking about leaving the youth ministry meeting and or or the ministry meeting whatever the meeting is and when you leave that meeting they thought they've owned it and it wasn't her idea and, and that jogged this in my mind i think one of those characteristics is kind of this idea of humility to some degree because mm-hmm. you don't you, you can't be so um determined that you it's gonna, that you're going to get the credit for it and it was your idea and that it's your baby. And if it's your baby, then nobody else is going to get any credit for it. And I think that's one of the things that, that, that hopped in my mind. And that's what actually spurned that spawned or spurned. I don't know what the right word is. That question in my mind was what else? Or is there anything along those lines you can think of that's important as you, as you're the, the uh, initiator of an idea that's important to, to know as you move through this process? Hand in hand with that, um, I was going to say flexibility that, Mm. and again, that's, you know, if things change about this idea that you're flexible and you're okay with that, and if you're not going to be okay with that, you, you just need to do it yourself and not include other people because that's the way. And even, 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 even if you get beyond the process and get into the actual um, Mm -hmm. implementation of that, because things don't always, I, I have no, I have had very few ideas that I have started with and we've made a plan and we implement that plan and it goes like that. And it's, it's seamless. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like, it's kind of like a wedding. You know, we, we, we plan, we plan a wedding and, and I, I performed a few weddings and Michelle, my wife has directed weddings. And one of the things she and I both said is, look, everything's not going to go perfect, you know? Yep. And so you're going to have to be able to know that and not, not lose your cool. Uh, when something doesn't go exactly like you envisioned it. And so that's, that's good, Laura. Flexibility is good. So humility, flexibility, Kay, what would you add? Anything you could think of that you would add? Well, I would add on to that flexibility. I think if you base it all in prayer, that you're just going mm-hmm. to believe that however it ends up is the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just really believe that. And if it's a disaster, what did you learn from it, right? Like mm-hmm. what... Where's the what? There's always a blessing somewhere. Or what can we learn to make it better next time? Is the attitude I think you have to have. Yeah, which which kind of becomes a characteristic of all of kind of being this constant learner and of experience yeah. and and, and mm-hmm. being able to see um a, a what what seems like in the in the moment of failure, seeing as that as an opportunity, not 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 it's not a failure, but it's an opportunity to 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 make it better. Right. And that's a that's a hard sometimes that's a hard, especially if you haven't had the humility and you're convinced that this is your idea and you're gonna make it the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um when those times come, it well, can be and, you really know, challenging. I, I feel like and I don't know how theological this is, but um Uh-oh. we've all done I know. Um we've all done big events and sometimes leading up to those events, you've had these like attacks. Mm-hmm. Um and what I learned very quickly was, you know what? This is going to be stuff that is going to move mountains at this mm. event. If the evil one is trying to attack this yeah. um, so much ahead of time. And so I think that's kind of the attitude you have to have is, um, you know, I'm not going to let anything bring us down. We're going to move forward and, um, and just believe that God is in this um, yeah. in the end. Um, but I was thinking too, just of ways to um, 
just inspire creativity, I think. I don't know. I think being flexible, being, um, um, what did you say? Humble, humility, but also creative. So, you know, if you take one or two steps forward in a planning or, or trying to figure something out, um, you know, just being creative for those next steps then too. And um, how can you, um, I don't know. I, I love to get kids to be creative in the planning or the thinking through if it's children or even youth in ministry um, or multi-generational, you know, in a church Mm -hmm. setting, bringing in multi-generational representation for ideas and, it's, it's fun, I think. I think one thing too that I, it just as a if y'all have any other closing, you know, I thoughts that don't haven't really fit one of my questions, throw it out there. But I think too is knowing what the what the purpose or goal is, like absolutely knowing <laughs> knowing the why. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think that's for me, if you can always keep that why you did why you mm-hmm why you why you in, in in oh my gosh i'm some of my words it's getting late why <laughs> you um, did you take your melatonin i did not take my melatonin <laughs> i don't even take melatonin um but if you can always remember why you had the idea in the first place when you have those moments that it doesn't go exactly to plan you feel encouraged because often when those things happen you still accomplish the why I'll mm-hmm. go back to the wedding analogy. What I've often said to couples is, look, something is going to still go, something is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what will not go wrong is you will be married. Mm-hmm. You know, And so the bottom line is that's going to happen. And so, you know, if you can just focus on that, that's, that's the why. That's the whole, the whole reason you do a wedding is so you are married at the end. And so it, that's important, I think. So if you can identify that why, which is really a good place to start, you know, when I, mm-hmm. when we get the very beginning, as you're going from from idea to making a plan, is identifying why you have this idea, because that's going to give you some some. Um, you're going to be uh, more often than not, even if it fails the way you pictured in your mind, you're probably still going to accomplish your why. Well, and even just as important is uh, how. Does it fit into our mission statement, our mission, or our vision? Yeah. Um, so when the idea comes up, I think that's step one. We didn't even do steps or put this in any kind of order. So, um, but <laughs> um, I think the good news one, is the good news is with podcasts, they can rewind and fast forward, and they can listen to it any more they want. Exactly. To. Exactly. Maybe Whatever. that helps, and maybe that would actually help our um, our analytics. The people would actually. It would like like forty seven <laughs> listens instead of okay, eight. Listen, you could yeah. start at the end and go. <laughs> That's right. You just never know. That's you right. never know. So, but anyway, making sure that it um, it fits into the mission before you even decide yeah. to put any energy into it, um, which I think you kind of mentioned earlier, Chris. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, oh, here's the other thing, accountability. So having someone um, that you can, either is your team or it could be a person, an individual who helps you stay accountable um, in the planning process or in the idea process or 
what have you, or, and a journal, you know, someone I know who may listen to this podcast, um, keeps journals like moleskin journals. And if you were to see these journals, it's just unbelievable. The, the brain dump that happens from this person who it just amazes me, like in conversation, you know, they'll just stop and, you know, write or draw pictures or whatever. So, you know, I, th- I mean, that might be you, you know, you might um, benefit from keeping an idea journal. I can tell you who it's not. It's this guy. <laughs> Yes, my, my, not you. my journal look, would look more like a Rorschach test than a journal. So it'd be a bunch of ink blots. If, if I dumped, if I dumped my mind, it would look a lot more like a Rorschach test than a, than a journal. Any other last thoughts about moving from ideas to, to reality? Yeah. Well, good. I, hopefully that's been helpful. Even if it's unorganized, <laughs> it looked yes. a lot like my, the way we got through this looked like, a lot like my brain looks it's just kind of these, interactive or interlocking thoughts that just kind of popped in our heads throughout the way. But I hope it was, help, was helpful for you as maybe you're thinking about um, the end of summer and fall and you've got some idea about something you want to try this yeah. fall. I, I think the, the the word of encouragement I would give you was give it a shot. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, don't allow fear to keep you from, from, from doing something that could be really cool. Fear or some. failure. You know, yeah. if it doesn't work, you know, tweak it, try it again, or maybe it's just the the group that you're trying it with maybe, or it might be God's timing. So yeah, don't, don't give up. Don't stop believing. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. There's your uh, musical interlude for the night because we typically do this. Usually to me that has these stupid connections to songs, which again, gets back to my weird brain. (laughs) That's why my Rorschach test that's what my brain dump would be a Rorschach test. All right. Um, wrapping up tonight with our uh, random fact of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'll be curious to see the reaction I get from this. From you Let two. me get Google open here. That's right. I don't think you'll need it for this. You may. Oh, but okay. Danish mothers are known to be the most hardworking moms in the world. According to statistics, 82% of mothers in Denmark were employed. Meanwhile, neighboring countries like Sweden and the Netherlands rate at 50% working mothers. Hmm. Interesting. I, I would, I, I would, my wife is sitting over here doing some schoolwork while we're doing this right now. And she would bug, she would, she would pitch a fit about that because she would say that they they're known as the hardest working mothers because they're employed and she spent a, a long time at home and she worked harder than I ever did absolutely <laughs> in the home. So there's mm-hmm. a shout out to all you stay at home moms. Mm-hmm. You're you can now see seen or heard. Yeah, so. for real. Yeah, I couldn't do it. No. Yeah. No, I'm a better no. mother because I work outside. Yeah, I'm a better too. mother because I work. 100%. Danish mothers. Mm-hmm. Danish mothers. Psh. So yeah, psh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatevs. Danish. <laughs> when I hear the word Danish, all I can think about is Danish is like the like a pastry, like a pastry. Yes, like there was a day back in the day that McDonald's had a cream cheese pastry, a uh, cream cheese Danish. Hmm. It was fantastic. Do you remember those? You y'all remember those? I don't. But when yeah. I went to Germany, um, McDonald's had that there. Yeah, they used to have in the states because I used to get those all the time. They were fantastic. They were better. They were better than McDonald's apple pie. 
Mm. I haven't had an apple pie in a long time. Do you make, does McDonald's make apple pie? I don't guess they do apple pies yes. anymore. Yes, they, they do. do. Yes. Are they still, do they still come in that cool little cardboard sleeve Absolutely. that you slide it out? Yeah. That's fine. Um, let me, they, let me they'll burn you, your tongue? Oh, yeah. Do they still or, burn your or tongue? Or they're like, they've been sitting out for four days. But let me give you a, a really good tip. I, Christmas hold on. I, I get, hang on. I guess that's the alternative when the ice machines never, ice cream machines never working. <laughs> yeah. They've oh, got to have, that's why they still sell them. Anyway, sorry. Right. At Christmas, they, what, Laura? At Christmas, they sell these holiday pies that look like, do you know what I say, what I'm talking about when I say Funfetti? The cake yes. that has mm-hmm. the sprinkles mm-hmm. on it. Oh, good. I knew you were my people, but I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> so it looks like it's filled with Funfetti, almost like cake batter. And it, for like the first two bites, delightful after that so much sugar that you will want to hurl so it's kind of like the, a holiday pie share it with some friends it's kind of <laughs> like the it's kind of like the mcflurry if you get like a a, a you know a, a chocolate chip mcflurry the first four or five bites have all the chocolate chips you get the bottom it's just vanilla yeah. ice cream that's true okay. it's not like a yeah. blizzard a hundred percent blizzards are way superior to mcflurries way yes better. yeah mcflurries <laughs> I got McDonald's. Do you know? Do you know what a fry pie is? Yeah, Pardon? have a you heard pie? of fry pie? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, like my grandmother used to make fried pies. Is that okay? Well, we get them in Amish country. Wait, okay, hold yes. on. Are you saying? Wait, are you like saying a, a pie? Are you saying a fried with a D or a fry pie? Fry oh. pie. Oh, we oh. call them fried pies, and she would okay. crimp the edge with the fork. Yeah, and they just were delicious. Over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have those in the, ap- the apple born in, in, in pigeon yes. fours are like okay. renowned for those. Yeah. But see, when I think of a McDonald's apple pie, I think of a oh, fry yeah. pie, which is far better. Yes, than, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For mm-hmm. a long time, my mom told me I didn't like those just so <laughs> that I wouldn't try them because, of course, they're delicious. And she, you know, it's like special occasions. Yeah. Grandmother would make those. So I just yeah. about shared a random fact to my Facebook feed. Didn't mean to do that while we're sitting here talking on my phone. That's the kind of day it's been for me. So, oh boy. all right. Well, that'll be a wrap on this week's uh, episode of the uh, Cultivating Ministry podcast. Uh, be sure to uh, check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group.org. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cultivate Group. And uh, if we can do anything to help you, Reach out to us as we offer coaching and consulting for ministry leaders. Uh, we'd be more than happy to help you in your context. And we will see you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.